This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The rocky ground soil can explain King Nebuchadnezzar because in verse 47, chapter 2, Daniel 2, 47, the king answers Daniel and makes this great proclamation of a truth. It is that your God is a God of gods and a king of kings. But then in the start of chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Now, when the Lord said in this parable about the seed on the stony ground, he that received the word, and anon with joy, he that heard the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, King Nebuchadnezzar heard the word. When he gave this answer, when Daniel gave the answer to the king in Daniel 2.27, Daniel 2.27, which says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, magicians, soothsayers show unto the king, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. Nebuchadnezzar is the same that heareth the word. And that word was what Daniel said, that the secret cannot the wise men uh, reveal. And King Nebuchadnezzar was the same that heard that word, and when he heard that, he believed Daniel that this world of idols that he was living in had no value to him. No value to him. The king heard Daniel when he said the word cannot. It's just like the Bible teaches about the word cannot in John 4.13. John 4.13, where Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. The king heard the word of Daniel, cannot, and he knew, like that woman knew, this world cannot satisfy the thirst in his soul, that only God can satisfy that. The king Nebuchadnezzar knew the truth that the Lord spoke 
God spoke in Isaiah 55 2, Isaiah 55 2, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Because the king heard the word cannot from Daniel. The king knew that he couldn't get that full feeling from his world. He couldn't get that fulfilling feeling that satisfies the hunger of the soul. Only God can do that. The king knew the truth of Psalm 49.7. Psalm 49.7, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give God a ransom for him. This word cannot was so important to the king that he knew that his world of idols could not redeem his soul, could not pay for his sins, could not remove his sins and give him a real ransom for his soul. When the Lord Jesus essentially said the word cannot when he gave this word in Mark 8.36, Mark 8.36, where the Lord Jesus says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That word cannot that Daniel spoke could speak of this world cannot keep the soul from being lost. Only God can do that. King Nebuchadnezzar knew the truth of Isaiah 57.20, Isaiah 57.20, where it says, the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose wires cast up, waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. He heard this word. King Nebuchadnezzar heard this word, cannot, and he knew that he could not get rest for his soul in his world of idols. He knew the truth of Job 9, 30, Job 9, verse 30, where Job says, if I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch. Job 14, 4, Job 14, 4, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. The king heard the word cannot from Daniel, and he knew he had no ability to clean his heart from the defilements of his sins. Only God could do that. And the king knew the truth of Isaiah 64, 6. Isaiah 64, 6. We are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf. Our iniquities have taken us away like the wind. He knew this word cannot, that he had no righteousness in himself. And because of that, he was going to be blown away like trash in the street. He knew this. But he also heard the word of Daniel when Daniel said, there is a God in heaven in verse 28. Verse 28, there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. And this was the same King Nebuchadnezzar, the same that heareth the word when Daniel told him the God of heaven will reveal important secrets. Important secrets. There's a God in heaven that reveals secrets. Like the secret of Leviticus 11.45, Leviticus 11.45, very simple statement where God said, I am holy. That's a secret that God reveals, I am holy. He knew that, that there was a God in heaven that revealed he was holy. And the king also knew because he heard Daniel when he said that God reveals secret, like the secret of 1 Kings 8.46, 1 Kings 8.46, there is no man that sinneth not. Very similar to Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There was a secret that 
He heard as Daniel taught him. The same secret is revealed in 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8. God is love. He heard this. God is love. There is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. The secret like in the invitation secret. The secret that God is inviting of the invitation of Matthew eleven twenty eight, Matthew eleven twenty eight, where God invites, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He knew that. He knew that God was an inviting God. That secret was inviting him. And then the secret, the great secret in Isaiah 45, 22, Isaiah 45, 22, where God says, look unto me, and be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. So Nebuchadnezzar heard the word of Daniel when he said there's a God in heaven that reveals secrets, and he knew the secret that God was a savior, was a savior of all mankind. And then he knew also a secret that's revealed, for example, in Ezekiel 36.25, Ezekiel 36.25, where God says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness, from from your idols, will I cleanse you. So the king Nebuchadnezzar heard Daniel when he said he revealed secrets, and he knew that God could cleanse him, could cleanse his heart. And so therefore, the king Nebuchadnezzar was the Matthew 13, 20, he that heareth the word, and a nun with joy receiveth it. He was happy. He was happy, but it was a spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. He hadn't given deep thought to his newfound faith. He made this wonderful profession. God, he said, is a God of gods, and God is a Lord of kings. But the problem was, for him, Matthew 13, 21. Matthew 13, 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. He lasted for a while. But when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. In the case of the king, it wasn't tribulation, but it was persecution. What persecution? Just imagine the respect that he lost from his own people as they turned to him and they said, you, King Nebuchadnezzar, now a Jew? You're now a Jew? Don't tell me that you're taking the God of the captives. Your army just destroyed the temple of this God in Jerusalem. Have you now become a follower of the God whose temple you destroyed? And because of this persecution, it was just like Matthew 13, 21. Matthew 13, 21. By and by, he is offended. He is offended to a point where the king says, No, I will not stoop to this level. I'm a Babylonian, the king of the Babylonians. I will not become a Jew. And so he builds this huge idol to make it very clear as a statement to the world that the king is making. King Nebuchadnezzar has not become a Jew because he'd learned from his dream that was interpreted to him that he was the head of gold. But he also learned from his dream that the other parts of the body were not gold. They were less valuable metals. And those represented the kingdoms that were going to replace him. So in a statement of protest, 
that he would say, no, there will be no other kingdoms after me. He made this image all of gold to represent him. Daniel had undoubtedly told the king that the true God had commanded in Leviticus 26.1, Leviticus 26.1, you shall make no idols nor graven image, neither rear up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. So what does he do? He makes an image. He stands the image up in this big plane, which could receive a lot of people. And as he's doing that, King Nebuchadnezzar is defying God. He's setting up this competitor to God, this big image. He made a good profession. He had a very good start. But there was just one problem. There was no true repentance. There was no repentance. He did the one, two, three, repeat after me but no repentance. He hadn't turned away from his idols of the past. And this is how the Thessalonians were characterized when it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, 1 Thessalonians 1.9, you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So Nebuchadnezzar was at this turning point at the end of chapter two when he realized that the true God had revealed to him, and the turning point is the same for everyone at a crossroads. At a crossroads, after they've made a profession of the Lord, after they have they've prayed the sinner's prayer, after they have stood up in a church, raised their hand, after they've said, yes, I'm a Christian now, and now there's the crossroads, and the crossroads, one of the roads, it has a sign on it that says, humility. And the other road has a sign on it that says pride. And unfortunately, Nebuchadnezzar chose the wrong road of pride and expressed this pride by building this massive new idol. And it was all made of gold because, because of chapter 2, verse 38, chapter 2, 38, thou art this head of gold. And so King Nebuchadnezzar took the position, only a head of gold? for my kingdom, and breasts and arms of silver for another kingdom, and belly and thighs of brass for another kingdom, and legs and feet of iron for another kingdom? No, there is going to be no other kingdom than my kingdom. I am the kingdom of gold, and I will accept no other kingdoms of other metals to replace me. There will be no other kingdoms other than the kingdom of gold that's me. I will be the only kingdom, only a head of gold for my kingdom? No. The whole body will be gold to represent my kingdom. I will not accept another kingdom to replace me. My image will be all of gold. And when he took that decision and he made the image all of gold, he rejected the word of God. He rejected the word of God that came to him in his dream. And so often this is the case. This is what happens. People read in the Bible about heaven, they like that. But when they read in the Bible about hell, they don't like that. And so they reject the Bible and they say, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe in hell. I won't accept that, that there's a hell. And when they do that, they're just like King Nebuchadnezzar building the image of gold instead of building the image like the image he saw in his dream with the different metals that represented the different kingdoms that are gonna replace his kingdom. And the lesson 
that we learn from seeing this and seeing what King Nebuchadnezzar did when he built this image after he made a profession of faith is the importance of the faith the day after. The day after. What happens down the road? What happens down the road? A person can either say, yes, I confirm my decision to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even after I see the cost, I confirm. And this is what the Lord Jesus wanted to emphasize to the person who had decided to follow him when he said in Matthew 8, 19, Matthew 8, 19, a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. So what was the Lord saying to this man? This man who had made a profession of faith. He said, I will, I will, count me in. I raise my hand, I pray the prayer. I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And it was like the Lord turned to him and said, really? Is that so? Really? Are you sure? Have you really counted the cost? What you are deciding to follow? Or who you are deciding to follow? Do you realize that you're following a homeless person? Have you really considered that by following me, you're gonna follow a person who has less than the foxes? Who has less than the birds who have nests, the foxes who have holes? Are you really sure you wanna be a follower of the person who is so rejected by the world that he has a title? And the title is Isaiah 53.3. Isaiah 53.3, his title is, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. You really prepared for that? You sure? You're prepared to follow a man who has the title despised and rejected? You're really sure you wanna be a follower of the person who has a title, a man of sorrows? Are you ready? Are you really sure about that? And these are the questions that confronted King Nebuchadnezzar and it caused him to say, what was I thinking when I made that profession that the God of the despised Jews is a God of gods and the Lord of kings? I'm a king. I said he was a Lord of kings? No. I turned back, I turned back to my idols. It's not worth the cost for me to lose my reputation and my respectability and abandon my pride. I won't do it. I renounce my profession with this idol. And when King Nebuchadnezzar did that, he joined the sad group, very sad group, whose title is Hebrews 10.39, Hebrews 10.39, them that draw back unto perdition. He joined that group. Nebuchadnezzar saw that he thought to himself, no, no, I'm just drawing back, that's all. I'm just drawing back. But he didn't see what he was drawing back to. Because the Bible is very clear that anyone who draws back from the Lord Jesus, he doesn't just back away into nothing. He backs away into perdition. He draws back unto being lost. The most important words of that phrase is unto perdition, unto a state of being lost in darkness. The king had his statue, 
His statue was huge. It was 90 feet tall. It was the size of a nine-story nine building, one-third the height of the Coronado Bridge. His statue was 10 feet wide. And he had gained his statue, but he lost his soul. But it was not enough for the king to just have the statue. He had to have this great statue worshipped. So in verse 2, the king sent to gather all these people from his kingdom, the princes, just high officials, not just the high officials who were supposed to lead the other people, the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, all the rulers of the province. There's a reason why the Bible goes through all those different descriptions of people. It's to emphasize to us how he wanted all the world to come through these officials here and worship this image that he had set up. But though it probably took over a year for the couriers to leave Babylon and to travel all the way to India and to get all these people together to travel all the way back, the king was content to wait. He said, okay, I can wait. And that's important because that was an important time, probably more than a year. That was an important time for the king because that was a time when God was speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar and he was saying, Mr. Nebuchadnezzar, tear down that statue. Tell your people you got it wrong. Send out another message to them and tell them that, no, no, you've thought it through and you really are a worshiper of Daniel's God. You really do believe that God, the true God of Israel, is a God of gods and a Lord of kings. That's your year of repentance. And this is the way it is with people today. People today, they make a profession, for example, or someone has come to them and they turn back, but they don't die right away. And God gives us very valuable time, a time to repent, a time to come to himself like the prodigal son and to realize I was wrong. And just to come back to God with just three words, I am sorry. And God is so abundant in mercy that he'll say, okay, We'll forget about that. We'll cleanse that. We'll forgive that. I'll cast that into the deepest sea. I'll turn my back on that. I'll separate that as far as the east is from the west. But I want you to come back. And God was giving the king this time, this space, while the couriers were going out for him just to think about it. Would have been so wonderful if all those people gathered together there and the king could have said, I was wrong, but now I'm going to tell you how I changed, how I repented, how I've come back to God. But the unfortunate thing is that the king did not. And the people came in verse 3. And they stood before this image that represented really the king and the kingdoms. And in the word used in verse 4, the herald cried, the word is screamed. The herald screamed to the people to fall down in verse 5. And just a little motivation for the people is that they had this burning furnace there that was going. And it was ready to receive anybody within the same hour that didn't worship the image. So it's no wonder in verse 7 where it says, all the people fell down and worshiped. Let's pray. Father, we, our heart is broken as we see here what's happened to King Nebuchadnezzar and we can see other people who have followed, unfortunately, in this path. And we pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, make us to be faithful heralds, Lord, who would not scream out to fall down to a beast, but would cry out the wonder of the gospel of turning to you and how you're so willing to forgive. Thank you for these things that you have taken the time to write down in your Bible. In Jesus' name, amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.